What really made radio great back then could still make radio great today. And that is the combination of the music and the personalities. And I think we've gotten away from that a little bit. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. I've said this many, many times that when I hear a radio station and the voice guy, you know, the voiceover guy, who I respect these guys like crazy, I love them, I use them a lot. When the voiceover guy is on more than the local DJ, that's a problem. Brand With On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brand With, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. The name Gary Berkowitz is synonymous with winning radio. On the station side, he's been involved in every aspect of programming and management at some of America's most successful radio stations. He was the founding program director at the legendary Pro-FM in Providence. He transformed WROR in Boston from oldies to become one of the first AC stations in the U.S. Next came Detroit programming news talk powerhouse WJR and Top 40 WHYT. It was on to launching one of the first hot ACs, WKQI Q95 Detroit, which marked his transition into consulting. Today, Gary consults many of the most successful AC stations in the U.S. with a single focus, improving ratings for increased revenue. Brand with On Demand proudly welcomes Gary Berkowitz, or for those lucky enough to know him, Here's Burko. All righty. Well, thank you, guys. It uh, It is good to be here with you today. Hey, Burko. Overdue to have you. Glad you're here. So it's 2020. Setting aside this whole COVID mess, where do you see radio heading after? Yeah, that's a tough question. You know, there's no doubt that radio, how can I put it, is in a pivotal position, I think, right now. It's old media, and I say that with love. It's a very traditional media. Certainly, we've been around forever and ever in radio, and we now find ourselves uh, with so much competition. People always say to me, go, hey, I'll bet you that uh, satellite radio is just giving you a hard time. You know, and I go, let me tell you something. I said, satellite radio times 200 is, is what's giving radio a tough time these days. Yeah. So, you know, where do I see it going? I love radio. I have loved radio since I can remember. I love everything about it. So I'm very, very uh, bullish on the future of radio. Do I have some concerns at times? Absolutely. Am I concerned about the balance between the few big, big, big mega companies that are really controlling so much of our industry now versus the smaller groups, private individuals? Uh, yeah, I worry about that a lot, but I still believe that listeners are aware of radio. They still love radio. Do I wish we weren't also confined to having to be 2554? Absolutely. I think we're heading into some rough waters or choppy air. And what I would do is I would hit the seatbelt button and say, folks, we're hitting some <laughs> choppy air. Please buckle your seatbelts. And I'm going to ask the crew to sit down and suspend service for just a minute. Radio has made it through difficult times and it will continue to prosper. Gary, before you got into consulting, you had a stellar track record programming some of America's leading radio stations. Some needed more change than others. And one that really raised a lot of eyebrows was trying to update that Heritage AM WJR in Detroit. Can you tell us a bit about the, how you handle that situation? And what do you do today when a station is clearly broken, but whoever they happen to be that are the folks running the place aren't really willing to do what's necessary to fix it? How do you make that persuasive case to fix it? You know, Dave, I grew up in the era of big personality 
AM radio stations. I grew up in New York, you know, listening to the WABCs of the world, but also because I was bitten by the radio bug at a very, very young age, my favorite stations were from all over the country, from WoWo in Fort Wayne, Indiana, to uh, KB in Buffalo, to WPTR in Albany, to WCFL, WLS in Chicago. So I grew up with these huge AM radio stations. And the ones that I loved the most were the full service, what we would call, uh, I guess just full service, you know, AM stations, the WBZs of the world. So from a very, very young age, I loved those stations because there was so much going on. They had so much personality and every on-air person kind of had their, their own thing but there were formatics that brought the whole station together, despite the fact that all the personalities were different. So I, I grew up loving that kind of radio. And it wasn't until I was in my mid-teens that I was exposed to uh, Drake and some of the guys that were coming on uh, down the road. So for me, the JR opportunity, well, let me just take a step back, because before I programmed WJR, I had also programmed WPRO in Providence right after Pro-FM. I was at Pro-FM for many, many, many years. And a couple of things came down and they said, Gary, you know, do you want to take on the AM station, which at the time was really uh, in a tough place rating-wise. And I was like, oh, my God, totally. Um, and, of course, this was after spending four years going to college in Boston and just being a student of WBZ. Because of all the radio stations that I, I listened to as a kid, I loved WBZ in Boston. Bravo, yeah, was, Mr. I mean, Martin. That was one of yours. It sure was. And so my goal was really, I want to make Pro and Providence to be like uh, WIND in Chicago. You know, I really was, looking back on it, a big fan of the Westinghouse uh, system. I loved WoWo in Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. So I had that experience at Pro and Providence, and we, we had a very, very quick turnaround at Pro. So I came to Detroit originally in 1984 as the program director for WHYT. Um, unbeknownst to me, you know, you live and learn. There was one question I didn't ask before I got out to Detroit, and that was, what kind of a signal does WHYT have? I just kind of figured they all have good signals. They're FM stations. They're major markets. Well, I get out to Detroit and discover that not only do I not have a good signal, I've got a really bad signal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm competing with these huge, you know, we have a couple of stations out here in Detroit that are licensed to like like a half million watts, but they're only operating at 250,000 watts. We've got these big 50,000 watt monsters, these 100,000 watt monsters, these 250 watt thousand, WOMC and WKQI are both running 250,000 watts. And I'm sitting up on the Fisher building with this old antenna and this crappy signal that picket fences in the most important rating county in the Detroit market, which is Oakland County. So I'm going, okay, Gary, good move. You've come into this major market. Yeah. You're going to try to turn this thing around and your signal is garbage. But we kind of got past that. And the way we did that, by the way, was we had a great signal in the inner city and in Detroit proper. We were great. So unbeknownst to me, we started to integrate some of the urban product into our music because it was very, very mainstream product, but nobody was playing it. So I looked at uh, WJLB, which at the time was the number one station in Detroit, and it's an urban contemporary. Uh, back then, I think it was probably like an urban top 40. And I just said, you know what, we're going to play a couple of those titles. And then the real big moment for WHYT occurred when we stole their night jock, 
who was the electrifying mojo, and that changed our fortunes forever. So everything is going great at HYT, and you know sometimes I can't help myself when it comes to talking about radio and about programming. So the whole time I was there, my general manager was the GM of both WHYT and WJR. And I just thought WJR was the crappiest sounding radio station I ever heard in my life. It was sloppy. It was all over the place. I mean, I I could make a list of how bad JR was, but they were number one. I was like, well, wait a minute. How do you come in here and tell me my station sucks, but we're number one? Which plays to your... Uh, Dave, your question about what do you do when they don't want to fix it? Fortunately, my they knew in his heart that JR was not right. That was my general manager, Ron Pankratz. And Ron knew it. And Ron said to me one day, if I offer you the job as program director, will you do it? And I was like, oh my God, I'm being offered the WBZ of the Midwest. Mm -hmm. I'm being being offered one of the top five, top 10 best signals in the world on a heritage station that is currently number one, has all the big sports. It is BZ personified. And before he could get through asking me if I wanted to be the PD, I went, yes, I'm in. And I basically designed JR after the BZ model, almost piece by piece uh, BZ had Carl DeSue's in the morning and then Dave Maynard. I had J.P. McCarthy. I just kind of interchanged all the different parts and and really turned JR very, very quickly into this full-service, kind of, sort of, top 40-sounding radio station. Uh, oh, my God, the pushback I got for that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I was on the front page of the Detroit Free Press for days. Berkowitz puts jingles on WJR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the headline on the yeah. Detroit Free Press. And to make a long story short, we did just great. We really firmed up a lot of the younger demos that we needed to firm up. And the station, I'm proud to say, un- under my guidance, just had some of the best years ever in Detroit. I still have some of the uh, scars from those days, uh, but they were worth it. And uh, JR was was such an important part of my programming career, not only from the results standpoint, but from the standpoint of it was so much fun to be driving down 95 in Fort Lauderdale and saying, hmm, let me check. And this was all, of course, pre-internet. I'm going to check up on the boys back home, see what's happening. And I'd hit 760 and Mm -hmm. like a local, there it was. There you go. Wow. I mean, that was pretty awesome. So, you know, HYT turned out really, really good. We did find that little hole over on the urban side for them. And and then JR was just the very best. Always great insights from Gary Berkowitz. Somebody you'd like to hear from? Well, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Just email show at brandwithondemand.com. And if you would, maybe this time of social distancing would be a good time to use social media to spread the word about Brandwith On Demand. Just hashtag Brandwith. And you know, what better time than now to catch up on previous guests, topics, episodes you may have missed, all in the previous episodes of Brandwith On Demand. Coming up, Gary Berkowitz shares some opportunities that many, including Kipper and I, may find hiding in plain sight. 
Hi, this is Dave Tyler from Music Master Scheduling. Right now, stations like yours are helping their communities get through this crisis, and Music Master is here to help you. As always, our support team is standing by 24-7. Scheduling from home? Visit musicmaster.com remote for more information. Need additional training? Request a virtual visit from our team. Just go to musicmaster.com support. From our family to yours, stay healthy, stay strong, and let's get through this together opportunities hidden in plain sight sight. brandwood on demand we're with one of radio's best and brightest gary berkowitz gary what's the biggest opportunity for local radio stations that you see right now hiding in plain sight there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that the biggest opportunity is a format that is aimed outside of 2554 there is a whole a mile wide, if not more, in every market in America for a little bit older than 2554. Now, I understand the whole logic between 2554. I get it. I sat down with advertising agencies and asked them why that's all they care about. Yep. But I think that there's an opportunity out there. Uh, like, like I always say, you could put a 60s, 70s oldie station on in every single market. And if they weren't chained by 2554, they would be absolutely huge. So I think that is hiding in plain sight. I also think the other thing that is hiding in plain sight is if radio could do what radio does best, I think we'd have much more listening. I think our cues would all go up. I think our younger demos would go up. Everything would go up. Radio is the most simple entertainment mode out there. Number one, it's free. You know, every now and then, and I'm not one of the guys that likes to say, oh, back in the day or back in the good old days. I'm very honored that I was part of that era in radio. But what really made radio great back then could still make radio great today. And that is the combination of the music and the personalities. And I think we've gotten away from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've said this many, many times that when I hear a radio station and the voice guy, you know, the voiceover guy, who I respect these guys like crazy. I love them. I use them a lot. When the voiceover guy is on more than the local DJ, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) It just is. And what made radio so great? You know, think about why we all got into it. It was listening to uh, the Dan Ingrams and the Boom Boom Brannigans and the great jocks kind of come on, be a little bit silly, uh, be a little bit zany, play a lot of music, keep it tight, keep it moving. You know, and now, I'm I'm sorry to say, and and I'll take credit for this because I say it all the time, companionship is much more important than content. And I think mm-hmm. that we're too focused on this content thing. Hmm. Nobody is putting the radio station on because, oh, I like that disc jockey because, you know, they tell me all this interesting stuff. <laughs> so I'm out there now. I'm looking for the one station who wants to say to me, Gary, let's make radio great. You know, it's going to take somebody with a lot of courage, a lot of guts. And unlike my Detroit experience, somebody with a really, really good signal to pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Yes, as Mr. Martin has wisely taught us, you can't fight physics. Yeah, right. No, you know, if you know, it's. Uh, I, I heard the greatest line, and I, I shared it with a client of mine last week, and he looked at me and he went, God, you know, you're right. And the line was, I was in a focus group, and one of the women said, we don't really like it, but it comes in good. There you go. There you go. There yeah, it is. There you yeah. go. There it is. Yeah, kind of sums it up, huh? Yep. Our thanks to the talented and insightful Gary Berkowitz. 
you can see Gary's complete bio, links to his website, and much more, all available when you sign up for the free show notes. Just text BRANDWIDTH to 44222. That's BRANDWIDTH to 44222. Executive thanks to executive producer Cindy Huber. And coming up next, the maven of New York City middays and so much more from iHeart's Light 1067 in New York and also 1061 The Breeze in Philly. By the way, both coming from home right now. The very versatile, long-running, and enterprising Helen Little has a lot to share. She's next. That's a wrap, Kipper. There's a lot new about the new year, and it should be new to you, too. Find it in one-minute marketing in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. Be safe, and here's to better tomorrows. And in the end, the profits you take are built upon the brand you make. Any reuse or redistribution of brand with on demand without the express written consent of the producers is greatly appreciated. Brandwood On Demand. Not your average quarter hour. Dave Martin and Kipper McGee. Brandwood On Demand.